Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Property Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Mixed martial arts. Mixed martial arts. <laughs> Two cards. Double header time. That's right. Tomorrow, the UFC and Bellator are bringing, uh, I'm not going to say their best efforts, but they're trying. They're trying. There's going to be fights tomorrow. How about that? And lots of them. As we welcome you to the live UFC Vegas 40 and Bellator 268 preview show, a little combo. Here on MAFighting.com, and you see the effects, you hear the music, which means we're going back to Fancy Town. I am Mike Keck, being joined by Alexander K. Lee, the Prince of Positivity, my best friend. How are you, sir? <laughs> what? Oh, what's going on? Oh, sorry, we got some <laughs> got sweet, sweet music back. That can only mean one thing, Mike. That can only mean one what thing. What does that mean? What could it mean? Tell us. Tell the world. I, I, tell the world. I feel like I feel like the number one producer in the business is back. You might be. Let's see. Are you going to see oh, the mustache? There he is. There he is. All refreshed from global travel. How are you, Casey? How are you feeling, buddy? How was your vacay? My vacay was freaking awesome. Freaking awesome. That's it. It was good. Not that. Good things happened. It was good. Good times. Lots of lots of wine was drank. Uh, lots of tapas were eaten. Um, yeah, it was good. It was good. Fantastic. I, I went to Spain, by the way. I was in, I was in Spain for two weeks. If, if you're wondering, Spain. <laughs> All right, let's let's not even talk about fights. Let's just talk yeah. about Casey. Oh, I have man, so many I questions. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, you know what, Casey? I'm I'm gonna let you pick. Where do, where do you want to start? We have two cards. One clearly is better than the other. Like, let's be honest, one's just better on paper. Uh, one will probably produce a better overall card, at least like as a whole, in my opinion. But where do you want to start? You want to start with Bellator or you want to start with the UFC? So we're going to talk about both. Uh, I know very little about both. So let's talk about Bellator. <laughs> let's go Bellator. Okay. Let's talk about Bellator. Bellator 268. 
interesting card. There's not, I mean, there's three really good fights. There's some interesting names. It's a classic Bellator card where there's a lot of prospects looking to take that next step. But I would say the three fights everybody has their eye on are the top three, including the main event for the Bellator light heavyweight title. We got Vadim Nemkov versus Julius Anglicus. This was supposed to be Nemkov versus Anthony Rumble Johnson. Of course, Anthony Johnson has some pretty serious health issues. Don't know the full facts on that, but it's not looking very good according to his social media. And then the other semifinal matchup for this light heavyweight Grand Prix is Ryan Bader versus Corey Anderson. I think everyone's got that sort of circled as the fight of the weekend. But let us not forget... At lightweight, we got Benson Henderson versus Brent Primus, and now that Patricio Pitbull has vacated the lightweight title, and Patricky Pitbull and Peter Quilly are about to fight for the vacant title in a few weeks, Henderson Primus becomes a very interesting fight. There's a lot on the line here. The stakes are very high. So, AK, let's start with you. Those top three fights, clearly, if we're comparing cards, this is the better slate. This is the better top three than what the UFC is bringing to the table, but... Mm -hmm. Vadim Nemkov versus Julius Inglicus. Interesting fight. Obviously, this would have been a little more mainstream, a lot more buzz if, if Rumble was here. But Inglicus is, is no joke. He's a tough guy. He's earned his way into the spot. He is the alternate for a reason. Your thoughts on that fight in particular and what Julius Inglicus can do to pull off, in a lot of people's eyes, a just an extremely massive upset here. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad Belter didn't get too cute with it. I know, I know a lot of people were joking around. I think saying like, oh, they'll just they'll find a way to throw, you know, Yoel Romero back in the tournament. They'll give him the spot against Nemkov. And uh, I, I, I don't think anyone thought that was realistic. I think maybe they thought it'd be kind of a funny thing to do. Certainly a fight that would draw more eyeballs than Nemkov versus Anglicus, if we're, if we're being honest. But I like that Bellator stuck with the system. I mean, they established two alternates in Anglicus and uh, I believe I believe, I believe uh, Carl Albertson, who's also fighting on on the card but Anglicus I think what got the call um maybe Albertson wasn't officially a backup but anyway I'm glad that they had these contingency plans it worked out as it's supposed to Anglicus gets a slide right into a light heavyweight title shot I'm a little surprised I think I asked the other day what the odds were Michael I don't know if it was you that told me he's not he, it's something like uh Nemkov's like th- minus 350 something like that it's changed quite it's changed quite a bit it's higher now uh yeah it's minus 575 right now okay i'm still surprised it's not like a 10 to (laughs) 1 thing but again i I think people are learning from uh well i think it's out of respect to anglicus i think a little bit of disrespect to nemkov i think people aren't quite sure how good he is yet i think most of us we think he's a top five uh light heavyweight in all of mma not just in uh, bellator so i think we're giving him a lot of respect the public maybe not so much number four by the way Number we have four. a number four in consensus. Yeah, I think some of us have him as high as number three. Yeah. I think the lowest anyone of any one of us has him is maybe six or seven. So there's a lot of respect on our on our group for uh, Nemkov. But the public, again, they, they don't know him yet. He's not a big name, even though he's beaten big names, uh, Ryan Bader, Phil Davis. So this isn't going to boost him much. It's it's a it's a it's a, a high risk, uh, low reward situation. If he wins, he beats an alternate. If he loses, he loses to an alternate. And it's like, oh, maybe he was just overhyped, blah blah. So. Uh, it's a little unfortunate for him, but uh, I hope that uh, – I like Anglicus, but I hope for Nemkov's sake that he gets to put on a bit of a show here, either winning a very commanding decision or or maybe finding a finish. So I, li- I like the matchup. I, I, I understand it with the loss of um, Rumble Johnson. It seems weird to have it over two more well-known fighters in Ryan Bader and Anderson, but that's respect for the title, respect for the, the top guy in this tournament. So uh, I, I like I like the fight a lot. Casey, you've been you've been really high on Vadim Nemkov for a while. Um, 
Especially, I mean, you were high on him heading into the Ryan Bader fight, and now you were even higher on him after that fight. So for those who aren't aware of just how good this guy is, sell him. Get him off the fence. Oh, Nimkov? Oh, um, just uh, Google <laughs> Nimkov, <laughs> Tapology, click the first link, and look at the guy's record. The guy's, the guy's um, he's, just, he's an incredible fighter. Um yeah, yeah, he's just, okay, yeah, he's not great in the mic. He's just, he's this, I don't know, um, he's just, he's good. I don't know, I th- I, th- I have him number, where do I have him? I have him number three in the world. Yeah, I think I was the one that had him number three. I have him behind um, Jan, uh, UFC champ, um, Yuri Prohaska, who has beaten Nimkov in close fights in, I think, uh, Ryzen, but this is years ago now. Uh, I don't know if we, if we even kind of, those aren't even important at this point. But um, no, Nimkov is just—he's just good all around. He's um, doesn't make mistakes, hits hard, fights smart. You know, he's—he's he's a brick of a person. And um, and unfortunately, yeah, uh, too bad. It just sucks. It's not, it's not Anthony Johnson. It's just bad luck for Bellator. It happens. And um, and now there—he's fighting a very solid UFC caliber. Um, I believe I believe if he was in the UFC, he'd be like kind of a top fifteen at this point of his career, like kind of borderline top fifteen. Um, ranking uh, in the UFC, and um, but uh, I don't know very the his the opponent. I don't. I can't even say his last name. How do you say his last name again? Angelikas. 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 Okay, Angelikas. Um, this this is why you have backups in tournaments. And it's unfortunate. It'd be, it'd be great. It'd be, it'd be the, the hype would be very different if it was Anthony Johnson, but it's not. And um, I think Nimkov is an amazing fighter, and he should put a whooping. Um, Angelicas, but um, if Angelicas can pull it off, but one for me be definitely one of the biggest upsets of the year. Yes, Angelicas uh, was on the contender series, got a submission win against uh, Carl Reed, who I believe is a training partner of Wonderboy Thompson. Submitted him in the third round, did not get a contract, and then Bellator scooped him right up like a month later, and he's three and zero with Bellator. So obviously, this will be the biggest fight of his career, but. He beat Jordan Young, which at the time was a very impressive win. I believe it was a pretty big upset, too, uh, based on the betting lines. Let me just make sure. There was no line for that one. But Jordan Young was a very hyped prospect at 11-0, and Jordan went in there and beat him. I mean, uh, Julius went in there and beat him. Alex Polizzi was undefeated at the time of their fight, beats him. And then Gregory, Gregory Milliard, that was at Bellator 257 in April. That was a decision win. That was a fight a lot of people expected him to win. So, Glickus is tough, man. He's 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 tough. He's Mike, a Shamrock FC oh, guy. He's do, a, do you remember um, when – I don't really follow Contender Series too much, but I'm looking at the Contender Series card that he was on, and Ray Rodriguez, Sarah Alpar, Brock Weaver, and William Knight, they're all UFC fighters currently. Why, were, why wasn't Julius signed that night by Dana White? Do you remember? Was he – And he got a finish, I'm trying – tra- Yeah, he did not get signed. Everybody – William Knight – did not. Oh no, he did. He get got signed. development. He got developmental. He got the de- de- developmental that night, right? That wasn't he. He didn't get fully signed yet, did he? Yeah, he got he got developmental. Didn't yeah. was Julius was Julius the guy? No, it wasn't him. Okay, yeah, I don't know why he didn't get a. Contract. Yeah, I'm just I'm just curious. I'm, I was just, I'm, looking, <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at the 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 car for that night. I'm like, wow. I mean, uh, yeah, I was just. Did he miss I, weight? I'm, I'm trying to think. I don't know. Yeah, well, especially I, based on this season, like no, what we've seen this season, where they're handing out contracts like. 
I don't know in such a capricious <laughs> manner. Honestly, we don't know. We were talking, uh, I think, like last week, like how crazy is it? Chris Curtis never got it, didn't get a contract, and then look at like some of the guys are missing weight now and getting contracts. Yeah. So again, not to disrespect anyone that's getting contracts this year, but clearly it's very different getting a contract mm-hmm. two seasons ago than it is now. So uh, very strange. But yeah, if you look at Anglicus's record, this is a guy who was headed towards a, a light heavyweight title shot anyway, mm-hmm. probably two fights away as opposed to. Uh, no fights away. He's yeah. just getting it now. But um, he wa- he was on his way. He's if, if just you look at his, his resume, fighting very solid competition, beating very solid competition. Um, and again, fortunately, has not had a chance to really build his brand yet. But uh, I think win or lose, this should be a good experience for him. Um, so cool, cool that he gets the shot. But uh, yeah, he's like a bit of a tall order for him right now. Yes, I think a lot of people expect Vadim to move on. I think I think Julius going to give him. A tougher fight than a lot of people think, but I think Vadim no, moves I, on. I, I agree too. I think I think, I think it'll be competitive, but I think Nimkov is just the better fighter mm-hmm. overall. Yeah, and, um, it, it just and, and also and, and I think AK uh, alluded to this earlier. Um, credit to Bellator for not trying to throw in Romero or <laughs> something or Phil Davis in there again or something like that. Um, actually, you know, using the tournament, using your alternates properly, and this is why you have the um, alternates. And hey. Daniel Cormier was an alternate, so who knows? <laughs> I, I like exactly. how we how we we have to compliment a, a MMA promotion just for being like like logical. Like we're so we're so yeah. used to shenanigans in in Bellator, in the UFC, yeah, one cha- one championship, you name it, any MMA promotion. We're so used to shenanigans, and we're just like, oh wow, they just did the logical thing that like is laid out on paper for them, and it it's the right thing to do. So <laughs> that's you exciting. Off and confuses you. <laughs> hashtag hashtag. Rules rule, as we all, and I think we'll find that out on Saturday night when we get a, a fine main event. Yes. Uh, the co main event, also a five round fight because it is a Grand Prix matchup. It is Ryan Bader and Corey Anderson. And it's one of those fights, AK, you and I talk about this all the time on On to the Next One. Like, I can't believe these two guys haven't fought. This is one of those kinds of fights. Like, I cannot believe these two haven't fought. I don't even think they've ever even been paired up uh, as like a targeted booking at any point in their careers. But we're going to get it tomorrow in the Bellator cage and a lot on the line, a lot at stake. And what is at stake is a shot at a million dollars and a shot at the Bellator light heavyweight title against probably Vadim Nemkov. So AK, I, I talked to Corey Anderson the other day. He said some really interesting things. And one of the things he's really excited about is he's always sort of wanted to fight Ryan Bader, but he feels like now is the perfect time. Like if they booked this fight three years ago, it wouldn't have had the sizzle in his eyes that it has now. It feels like he's in his prime. Bader's gone on to do big things. He's still the heavyweight champion. And the paths that they've taken, he feels like they're meeting at the exact right time. Do you agree with that? Or is this a fight that maybe you would have liked to have seen in the UFC a couple of years ago? I think Corey Anderson is correct. Maybe not for the reasons that he's implying. Um, let's be – let's. Ryan Bader now is 38 years old. He will be – is he a fresh 30? Okay, so he turned 38 this year. He turned 38 uh, a, few, a, couple months, a few months ago. Um, he's got a lot of wear and tear, a lot of battle damage, definitely more so than, than Corey Anderson. Uh, so in that sense, I do wonder if Corey's catching him at the right time. Um, Corey is, is definitely a skilled fighter, a great wrestler, obviously, but of course, so is Ryan Bader. That's his base. Um, he's, been, he's been a great, you know, classic – uh, wrestle striker for a long time uh, really fits that mold of, of uh, you know that kind of um, the kind of guy who can take the fight to the mat keep it on the feet where he wants to be and uh, has a has a big right hand right and 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 he's developed from there but I'm saying that was sort of how Ryan Bader started so uh, you know skill wise I still think Bader's a little bit more advanced but 
it's hard for me to look past again, sort of it, you know, when a fighter starts getting older, getting a little more chinny, uh, they're facing someone who's again, a little bit younger, more athletic, more explosive. So, uh, I'm not making, I will, I know we have to make our picks soon. I'm not, I'm not saying anything yet. Uh, I will say though, that Corey Anderson does have reason to be confident. And I do understand why, if I'm looking at this correctly, uh, uh Corey is the, the slight favorite, uh, on the betting lines. So again, if this, if this happened two years ago, that might not be the case. So I think Anderson is right. Um, He's favored for a reason. Yes, according to our friends at DraftKings, Corey Anderson is almost right now a two, almost a two to one favorite. He's Ooh, a minus wow. one than favorite. Two to more one. than slight. More than slight. Wow. So some money coming in on Mr. Overtime. Your thoughts on this matchup, Casey, because you've covered both of these guys for, for a little while now, and now they're both in Bellator. Corey Anderson's had a nice start to his Bellator run. Ryan Bader had the knockout loss to Vadim Nemkov, and he bounced back with the win over Lyoto Machida. He's still the heavyweight champion. Uh, he hasn't been Bader hasn't been too fond of the way Corey has been sort of promoting this fight by sharing training information, saying that he got the better of Ryan Bader. Bader's wondering why he would share this stuff and break this unwritten rule. And Corey Anderson told me that the reason he's saying this, because he wants Bader pissed off. He thinks Bader will train harder. He'll be at his very best. And that's the kind of fight that Corey Anderson wants. Because if Bader's at his best, Corey Anderson feels that he'll be able to perform at his best, even better than Ryan Bader. So pretty interesting strategy. I found it quite fascinating the way he is approaching all this. But Corey Anderson is is a different kind of fella. Your thoughts on this matchup? Well, first off, um, I get Ryan Bader's kind of issue with the, you know, the untold rule of telling about sparring, you know, sessions. But you know what? Bellator is, they're just desperate for storylines. And Scott Coker isn't, it just isn't that dude that's going to, Inglewood. I thought you were giving yourself props for a great point. Yeah. <laughs> <Close> <laughs> the horn. <laughs> That's my soundboard. I just called the fire department. <laughs> um, no, I mean, uh, credit to, actually, credit Corey Anderson for kind of getting, playing the game in the sense of um, throwing a storyline out there. You know, we need something to talk about because, uh, I've, and we've said this for a while, you know, the best fighters versus best fighters. No one really cares, honestly. It's, I mean, it's kind of cool. We, we want drama, and this gives the fight a little drama, even though these guys are two top ten lightweights, light heavyweights. And um, yeah, I just uh, I like how Corey. I like I like this kind of new Corey Anderson. And since uh, maybe it's not a new Corey Anderson, maybe since he's winning, we're just listening more rather. But um, I like I like how he's selling the fight. I like Ryan Bader kind of getting pissed about it, and um, and that's always kind of been Ryan Bader's kind of. He just. He's just kind of bland, you know, as a personality sometimes, even though he find he has big knockouts and everything and, you know, he looks the part, you know, he's just like, oh, I just want to fight, you know, which isn't the most exciting thing for, you know, in between, you know, I mean, they only fight, they only fight once every three months. So we have a lot of time to film between. So good to Corey Anderson. Uh, I like this fight a lot. I do. I don't know. Um, Corey being a two to one favorite is kind of crazy to me considering, you know, Bader just got I me. Mean, Bader lost to Nemkov. You know, a guy I think is going to win tomorrow night, a guy that I think would beat Corey Anderson. But I really like this matchup, and I haven't decided who's going to win. I don't even know. I, to me, it's the, it's the age issue of Bader. Is he – I think when Bader came over to Bellator, he kind of hit that prime in his career, and we you know he went, he went on a great run, won two belts in Bellator. But is he over that? Is he is he old now? I don't know. He beat – Machida in a let's call it a workmanlike performance, but it was it was smart smart victory. This is five rounds. This fight could be pretty 
awesome and it could be pretty boring too. Um, I think if Bader kind of just wrestle, wrestle, wrestles, which, uh, you know, he's been known to do um, to get that W. And that's a little bit of issue maybe of tournaments because being exciting doesn't really mean very much as long as you win. And Bader may just kind of go for that, you know, I just got to get that W. Corey Anderson, I think, uh, at this point in his career, he doesn't, he's just an exciting fighter. He's just, he's, he's a mean dude who I do think is in his prime. And, um, yeah, I'm excited for this fight a lot, actually. Um, I'm going, I'm probably, I'm, probably, I haven't, I think I know, I think I haven't decided who I'm going to go with yet, but I'm leaning toward a certain person. I'm, and, I'm, and, I'm, I'm picturing it in my head right now. <laughs> and by and by the way, not to harp, I mean, I know we're harping the age a lot, but I do think that is one of the biggest factors. Uh, you mentioned, you know, Casey, that he kind of hit his prime. He also kind of is also beating guys who are older than him in Bellator. Uh, I'm just looking at it now. Uh, well, that's all, all his, uh, his last win in the UFC was against uh, Little Nog, who's older than him. Uh, Phil Davis and Linton Vassal, nice wins. They're about the same. Oh, I think they're about the same age. Phil Davis maybe a little bit younger, uh, one year younger, I think. King Mo is older than him. Uh, Matt Mitrione is older than him. Fedor is older than him. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Machida is older than him. So all the people that Bader has beaten uh, ever since uh, uh, his uh, his last fight in the UFC have either been older than him or around the same age. Mm-hmm. So again, age isn't everything. He's a very skilled fighter. He's shown that uh, you know he's in amazing shape. Um, but it comes for all of us, you know, it comes, especially, especially professional fighters. I mean, it comes really fast for professional fighters. So that six year age gap between him and Anderson, it's just really hard to ignore. Yeah. Do you, do you believe Anderson, Corey Anderson, th- like this is peak Corey Anderson we're, we're, we're getting right now? No, this man works 25, eight. I think, we've, I think two get two more years. I think <laughs> you see, you see years. the best of them. You see the best overtime. of them. It's overtime. Oh, he's working over exactly right now. He's close. He's close. There's like 85%, 85% as good as he can be. I think, I mean, mentally, he's clearly in the best place he's been in in his career. He's just let everything go. He's like, I don't care about the media. I'm not doing any interviews. Like, I'll do fight week interviews. Like, if it's fight week and I have media obligations, I'll do them. But other than that, I'm not doing anything. I'm just going to go outdoor. I'm going to train. I'm going to hunt stuff. I'm going to go outdoors and do that thing and hang out with my family. That's all I'm worried about. I don't care about anything else. I'm not here to please anybody but myself and my family. That's all he cares about. It's a different guy than it was five years ago. And it's who weird. was in by, by the being, UFC machine? By being, you know, more like, like he says, by being, by being more like himself, he actually comes off as more real, more exciting in a weird way. You know, he doesn't. Maybe in the past he's tried to fake it, like you know, he did that John Jones thing where he showed about a John Jones autograph signing, kind of uh, back in the UFC, trying to you know, remember trying to start some stuff, trying to hype a fight that never even came close to happening. Um, yeah, but, but Corey just being Corey, just being this kind of intense, gruff, you know, like, dude, I'm just gonna, I don't care about these guys. I'm just gonna beat this guy up, man. You know, he, he has this kind of weird intensity, not weird, but he just has an intensity. If you ever interview him, you 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 guys have experienced, you know, you've kind of seen him when he's up close. He just, I don't want to call him scary, but yeah, he's kind of scary. <laughs> like, you kind of like, I don't want to see this guy angry. And um, I, I think I think I think that's finally I think fans are finally catching on to that kind of Corey Anderson. I don't think that really worked in the UFC. Maybe it's because he lost. Maybe just like like I said, maybe he's always been this way, but we just don't listen to them like when they lose. So like Chelsea Sonnen kind of always had this thing like Chelsea. I've always been this way. I was just losing fights. No one was just paying attention to me. So when you start winning, you know, you start looking more deeper into everything they're saying. But yeah, Corey Anderson outside the cage has like just. As much as he's improved in the cage, outside the cage has been just just as um, fascinating to watch. 
Yeah, it's. I think it's his time right now. I, I think him think. being out of the UFC is was the best thing that ever happened to him. Parting ways and going to Bellator at this point in his career was the perfect perfect timing, perfect like sort of wave of of good stuff happening for him. And he's an interesting guy. He always has been, and I think he's learned a lot of lessons along the way. Like back, you know, a couple of years ago, he felt like I just need to go and train and just like dominate the dudes that I'm training with all the time. And now he's realizing like. If I'm fighting Ryan Bader, I got to bring in like Olympic wrestlers, dudes that are going to beat me up and throw me around until like the last week of camp where I like might win a round. Like those are the kinds of moments in his training that are going to put him over the edge in some of these experiences. So I think he's got a much clearer head now. He's not worried about the UFC and trying to impress them. He doesn't have a John Jones fight to chase right now. He can control his own destiny because he's yeah. in a Grand Prix and the UFC isn't going to do anything fun like that. Why? Because they don't like fun. They don't like fun. <laughs> Bellator likes fun. They just don't promote it well enough to yeah. for everybody to know about said fun. But we'll be watching. Should be a great fight. Casey, you've been teasing it. Tease us no more. Who wins this fight? Corey Anderson or Ryan Bader? Corey Anderson. Fourth round. TKO stoppage. I am... I'm with you. I, I I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think. I think third round. I think he does it a round earlier. I think it's it's a ground and pound kind of a stoppage. Um, and I think it could be like a couple of rounds with Corey just beating up Ryan Bader. And then I think he finally like mercifully gets it done in the third. I just think he's – I just like the energy that I'm seeing from him right now. I, I, I think he's going to win, and I think he's going to win impressively, honestly. As, as good as Ryan Bader has been in his career, I think this is Corey's time. Your thoughts, AK? I'm going to go with what's – I have to imagine is maybe not the odds-on pick, but probably a pretty safe bet. Uh, Anderson by decision. Uh, I actually don't think he'll be able to finish Bader. I think there's – and uh, as much as I like the matchup, I do think stylistically there could be some uh, some ugly stalemates against the cage. I think, again, uh, Anderson might be a bit, the aggressor, might be the one who's sort of pushing the action. But it's going to be hard for him to just get like clean takedowns on, uh, on Ryan Bader. So we're going to see some – we're going to see both guys – we're going to see both guys <laughs> boxing. That was not a soundboard, by the way, guys. <laughs> I'm really revving up this take. Um, I think uh, – so I, I think we're going to see some of the striking of both guys where I, I would give Bader a slight edge. But I do think uh, because of, of, of Anderson's speed, and again, we've talked about the age difference a lot, that um, he'll eventually get the better of it, maybe score a few key takedowns, get some ground and pound in there. Uh, but I don't think he puts Bader away. So I'm going to go uh, – This is this is – this is five rounds, right? Yeah. Oh no, this is this five rounds. Twenty five minutes. Five rounds. Yeah, and this was before. I mean, this was always going to be five rounds. Yeah, so the tur- every, every, yeah. everything tournament. in tournament. Yeah, Which yeah. Is something tournament I love fight. too. I love the fact that everyone yeah, yeah. in the tournament fights five rounds. Yeah, makes sense. Okay, so yeah, five rounds. It's going the full, it's going the distance, and I'm going Corey Anderson. It sounds like it's going to be an ugly victory that you predict. Uh, it could be ugly. I think it will minutes. be. I think they're uh, like pretty evenly matched, and it's just again the improvements that Corey Anderson has made, and uh, and the age gap that's gonna that's gonna give him the edge here. But I mean, I, I think it'll be a convincing decision win, just not something that has this kind of like, oh man, Corey Anderson. Now he man is he a top five light heavyweight? I guess he's already pretty close, isn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, no, no, nothing that makes us change our opinion of him too too dramatically. Let me let me put it that way. Right. Yep. Uh, Benson Henderson, Brent Primus is a good is a fun fight, especially with the stakes are right now. Uh, Of course, before Benson fights, his wife's going to fight. Maria Henderson makes her second amateur appearance against Colette Santiago. Uh, That is the first fight of the prelims, kind of looking at the rest of the card. Henry Corrales versus Vladislav Parubachenko. 
Uh, so that these, should be these Ukrainians. These Ukrainians are coming, man. I mean, obviously we got Amasov already at the top of uh, of welterweight, but like every time I'm doing uh, Jed and I are doing, you know, the misfits, like the highlights from the international scenes like that. Man, there's so many, so many up and coming Ukrainian fighters. So that's exciting. And, yep, and Carlos Carl, going uh, back up, to, going back up to featherweight too, which is smart. Which is smart, yeah. Uh, Bobby Lee and Nick Brown should be fun. Uh, we get Samiko Inaba, who a lot of people are very high on. She's 2-0 mm-hmm. against Randy Field from Canada. Lance Gibson Jr. is back. He's undefeated from Canada. Taking on Randy Shout out, shout out to BC. Very, shout out to BC. Shout out to BC. Uh, and I'm very excited for Jalen. I'm very high on this Jalen Bates kid. Oh, I think hmm. he's going to be yeah. – I, I, think, I think there's something there. If he can keep winning fights and Bellator can – can promote him the right way and just like they don't rush him they just keep keep they, they aj mckeish if they kind of put him on that trajectory like just put him on prelims let him roll and have his moments i i think this kid's got something so i'm excited to see him fight as well so that's I the agree. bellator event the bellator champion series is back in action friday may 17th live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the US. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. That'll be the nightcap of this doubleheader. Uh, but of course, before that happens, we are going to get a, uh, a jolt, so to speak, from this loaded UFC Vegas 40 card with this incredible main event. One of the best of the year. Uh, I'm just joking, but no, it's a fine fight. Norma Dumont. I don't like your, I don't like your sarcastic tone, Mike. <laughs> Listen, it's, it is what it is. It. it is what it is. We're supposed Snarky. to get, we're supposed to get Norma Dumont versus Holly Holm. Holly Holm is out. Aspen Lad comes still, in, which, which was still a weird here. fight too. Holly Holm versus yeah. Dumont. That was still yeah. weird, but that wasn't a fight like, oh, dude, we got to cancel your plans, <laughs> guys. Saturday night, you know. It was, it was still weird. This is just weirder. <laughs> this is very, this is, yeah, this is a weird fight. So you got Norma Dumont, you got Aspen Ladd. Of course, Aspen Ladd had troubles with the scales trying to get to 135 a couple of weeks ago. She's sort of taken a, a beating from fans, from fellow fighters, from the, from media members. It's been a rough couple of weeks for her, but she comes in, she gets an opportunity. She does it at 145, stepped on the scale this morning. She looked like a million bucks. She was smiling. She was happy. She looked totally different than she did a couple of weeks ago. And Norman Dumont has been on a little bit of a roll. And Norman Dumont has changed the way she is approaching her 145-pound career, AK. Because remember, we've had this conversation on, on to the next one after she beat uh, Felicia Spencer. We're like, nah, she does. she's no, in no rush to fight Amanda Nunes. She wants to slowly make her way. And if you listen to her media day scrum, 
She's like, I'm ready for Amanda now. I'm ready to fight her now. And Aspen Ladd, her best chance of fighting Amanda Nunes sooner rather than later is right now. So are there big stakes here, AK? Are there stakes we didn't even think about? Could a title shot against Amanda Nunes be at stake in this main event tomorrow? All right. First of all, let me say... I, I want to be the prince of positivity today all right, regarding this card. So this will be the only time I'm maybe slanting a little bit negatively. Uh, no, I'll say no. Um, I, I'm sorry. I only, saw some of the, I only saw some of the clips and sound bites from Media Day. So I'm sorry. I did not listen to the full interviews. Uh, so for Dumont, did she say why? she? What's changed now between May and now? Why, why does she want Nunez now? Listen, I, I mean, I, I don't... <laughs> I don't think anybody went really in depth on this, and I'll and, I, and mm-hmm. I'll be and I'll be honest. I kind of was like, okay, I'm out as soon as I heard that. I was like, wow, what a change! I get why she's probably saying this because like we only have this division for as long as Amanda's here, more than likely, yeah. unless the UFC signs Kayla Harrison. The UFC signs Kayla Harrison. Now we're back in business, but that's no guarantee because everyone's going to throw money at Kayla Harrison. So if they don't get her. You only have 145 pound women's division for as long as Amanda Nunes wants to continue to fight. Mm-hmm. So if she's going to get a title shot, maybe she's thinking, "I get a strike now because it may, I may never get this opportunity again." Right to get a UFC title fight of some of some kind. Uh, and, and on the other side of it, Aspen Ladd, I'm pretty sure she said she's not interested in sticking around at 145. Like, which is again, as we've said multiple times, it's such an easy path to a title shot. Like she could probably go two and zero at 145 against whoever the UFC can dig up. Like, I mean, it could be a Danielle Wolf, uh, Aspen Lazarus opponent, and then she goes 2-0, and and then they, you know, they look at her bantamweight success as well, and it's like, boom, you're, you're, you're at a 145-pound title shot against Amanda Nunez. That's not the way it should be, but it certainly could be. But she really, really does not want to stick around at 145. For some of the reasons that we said, again, there may not be a division, but, like, it's, it's so strange that she doesn't even want to try and... I don't know, make a go in this class, maybe convince the UFC that she could be a name, uh, you know, that if they want to go forward with the featherweight division, maybe they could build around her. Um, it's not like Amanda Nunez is like the most popular fighter. It's not like, oh, she's a Ronda Rousey level star and that's why they're keeping, I mean, she's big enough that they would keep the division around, but I don't see why another fighter couldn't, if they were dominant, put some guys performances, couldn't like fill a similar role. So uh, that's the angle I was asking that I'd be taking. Like, you know what? I, let me be the one to, to either fight Amanda Nunez or if Amanda Nunez goes and they vacate a featherweight title, I can be the featherweight champion. Um, build around me. I mean, just why not try it? Because 135 is so difficult for her. Um, and, you know, fingers crossed, she never misses again at 135 for the rest of her career. But obviously, it's no duh, it's more difficult than making 145. And it's just generally right now a longer climb to the top than it would be at this non-existent, you know, 145 rankings. Yeah, um, I find so, that odd that, that sorry, yeah, that, right? That strange, would, right? That lad would say that because you're fighting the same woman. <laughs> you know, right? I mean, unless 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 Payne, unless Payne pulls off a, a amazing upset, you're, right? you're you're fighting the same woman. You're not you're not you're not going from you know a different fighter in a different weight class. You're fighting the same woman. You're just not cutting as much weight. Both like if lad somehow gets a title shot at 45, I just like I don't know why she would avoid a. T- yeah, I don't know. That's just that's just weird to me. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? If 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 she goes out and, and wins tomorrow, and the UFC is like, listen, couple couple offers that we're gonna put in front of you. One, if something happens between now and December 11th, and Juliana can't fight, and we want to make this a, a featherweight title fight, yeah. we might tag you in. Or if they say Aspen, 
after Amanda fights Juliana, if she's going to keep going, you're next. Like, we're going to put her back up to 45 and you get to fight her for the title. What's she going to do? Say no? Nah, I'm going to go back to 35 and cut all that weight and, and try to earn it the hard way. Like, I, I don't know if she does that. What, what do you think, Casey? Like, do you think she actually does that? I, I hope not. It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> I, I don't know why she would. I mean, you have a very limited, you know, athletic prime and you have a title shot opportunity against the same woman in a different weight class. And you don't have to cut all that. You don't have to cut the weight. Yeah, I don't. And, and clearly, cutting weight sucks. You don't. Your body. Your, I, I guess I, I get every everybody's different when they cut weight, especially women's bodies. And unfortunately, Aspen Ladd just wasn't genetically gifted. You know, in in terms of just water, just you know, spraying out of her body to cut weight. But uh, yeah, Aspen Ladd, win to, win tomorrow night, win big, and say you want that belt at forty five. Yeah. I don't get and it. If, you, and if, and if Nunes loses to Pena, then you have a chance to fight her coming off of a loss. You have a chance to fight Amanda Nunes coming off of a loss. Yeah. I mean, this is I, – I mean, maybe she, that's just the right thing to say right now. I want to try again, be the go-getter, but I don't buy it. I don't buy it for one second. Um, but maybe the UFC is just over the Aspen Lad thing right now. Who knows? Maybe she goes out there and performs and just kind of play it by ear because of all the struggles she had on the scale. But interesting line here, AK, according to our friends at DraftKings, Aspen yeah. Lad, the favorite, minus 130, come back on yeah. Norman Dumont, plus 110. Money coming in on Norman Dumont. Are you surprised mm. by this or do you, no. would you uh, consider Aspen a bigger favorite here? No, no. I think, I think like minus 150 would be about as far as I would go because, I mean – it's funny, like I was because I was just about to interject and say all our talk is as if Lad winning is 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 some uh, foregone conclusion, which it is very far from it. Um, Norma Dumont uh, again, skill for skill, maybe doesn't quite match up with Lad, but size matters. She Dumont has tried to make one thirty five. She's had even more difficulty. Well, I shouldn't say more. She's had as much difficulty as Aspen Lad has. She's missed twice. And both times she missed, she missed badly. She missed uh, by almost four pounds both times. One time it was canceled. She was supposed to fight Aaron Blanchfield. So uh, she only went through with the fight once. She won that fight. But again, she had a massive weight advantage. So, um, And she will have a weight advantage here. Lad, for all her struggles making 135, is not a big 145-er. She's maybe a tweener or, again, someone who is actually a natural 135-er who's just had some bad luck and needs to, you know um, – sort out some dietary issues, whatever condition, it's just everything, everything that goes into making a weight cut. Um, she is a 135er. I do look at Aspen Ladd and I, I don't see her as someone's like, oh, how could, how, how could she keep making 135? She should make it. She started her career at 125. Obviously, she was a lot younger yeah. at the time, but um, but she has the frame where I, I just don't see why, why she can't make 135 consistently. Dumont, on the other hand, is someone who I like. I just don't know if she can. If she is a one thirty five. I think she is a featherweight who has been trying to make bantamweight just because it's the it's the more competitive division. It's the division that we know will exist probably in the next you know in the next two years. So size matters. She's not a bad fighter at all. I know. I know people will will, will scoff at that. Um, but as far as featherweights go, she is. I think one of the five best featherweights in the world. If I mean that's not saying a lot. I know. Again, I'm sure people will go like. How dare you? And it's like, guys, there's not really. You can go across across the world. Other organizations, featherweight is not uh, women's featherweight. Excuse me, is not a deep division. So, um, give, so give Norma Dumont some credit. Uh, I'm not surprised. There's action coming in on her, and a, an upset would not surprise me in the slightest. Yeah, I think I think if you're Norma Dumont right now, heading into your first main event, Casey, 
you got to be feeling pretty good right now because even if Holly, even if she was fighting Holly Holm, and that's a tough fight because Holly looked tremendous in that Irene Aldana fight. If that woman showed up to this fight, it would have been a rough night for her, more than likely. Mm-hmm. But the story is about Aspen Ladd, and it's not a really positive story. So Norma Dumont is kind of strolling into this fight, and I think the way this conversation has flowed since we started talking about the fight, she comes in a little bit under the radar here. I feel like the pressure isn't as much on her as it is Aspen Ladd. I, I feel like this is about as good of a situation as she could have put herself in. Are, am I crazy or are you on that wavelength with me? Yeah, I mean, it's good. It's a better situation. Um, I, I, like if, if she would have whooped up on Holly Holm, that, you know, I think that definitely puts her much closer to a potential featherweight title shot. Um, maybe the next person, if like, like maybe if she would have whooped up Holly Holm, then we'd be like, oh, you know, not very many people whoop up on Holly Holm. Only like Amanda Nunes does that. So yeah, we I think that there's there's a letdown for her. Is that I, mean, I I don't. Yeah, I kind of I kind of actually went the other way now that I'm talking about it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Vacation case is the best. I'm telling you. <laughs> um. <laughs> It's a fight. It's a it's a main event. You know, we, we we kind of mention every once in a while. It's a fight. We mention everyone. You know, sometimes it's not really a co-main event. It's just a fight that's before the main event. I don't know if there's a main event for this fight. It's just literally the last fight of the night before they they kick everyone out of the building. I feel like that's what that's what this card is. It's a. It would be a cool co-main event on a fight night, maybe, or you know, it's. Like honestly, on a on a fight, if this one if this was regular fight night and this was just like the fourth the fourth fight from the top or fifth fight from the top or whatever, we'd be like, okay, but it's the main event. It's just weird. I don't know. Uh, without Holly Holm and um, the Aspen Lad kind of weight drama coming into this, yeah, it's a little storyline, but not not the storyline I think that you want to kind of sell it for a title shot. <sighs> UFC puts a lot of cards on, and this is this is what happens. That's all. <laughs> Yes, this, this is the deal I'm they Guys, I, was, I was trying to be positive, but the more I said it out loud, I was kind of like, ah, I'm back here again. I like I like the card as a whole, though. I re- I do. I like it. There's, Go ahead, yeah. okay. there's some fun, there's some fun it's, fights. It's, well, I mean, even just the main event, I'll say, guys, it's at the very least, we're getting to see Aspen Ladd fight for the first time in like two years. I mean, she was a ranked uh, bantamweight, a top five ranked bantamweight. Uh, she still is in the UFC. In our rankings, I don't know if she'd be in the top five. She'd certainly still be in the top ten if we did not remove her. Um, due to inactivity, she would def- definitely be in the top ten. Shoot, it's an, it's an activity um, issue of her it's, it, injuries. Yeah, I, don't, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think definitely. it's because we don't we don't think very highly of her. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I wish we could again. And it's a shame uh, uh, knee injuries. I mean, man, at least I guess it's somewhat good. Sometimes they happen when you're younger. It means you have more time to recover. And uh, you know, once it happens, you're older. You're pretty much done for. So uh, hopefully that doesn't hinder her. But yeah, uh, almost two years since we last saw Aspen Live fight. She's still very young. Very inexperienced. This is just her 11th pro bout. She's been fighting very, very, very high-level competition for a long time. So um, as, as discouraging as it was to see her struggle at the scale and again, and, and as much as kind of we, uh, you know, her, her good performances are kind of, you know, forgotten uh, within activity, I think if we have a little perspective, we think about it, we'll remember that we were once so excited. Uh, I, I shouldn't speak for everyone, but a lot of us in the media were very excited about Aspen Ladd's prospects of being a, a title contender. And, and I don't think that's that's even near being over, um, even at 135. I, I think the weight issues are sortable. So very cool uh, that we get to see her fight again, at least, even if it's not uh, at, at 135 pounds. Yeah. 
She's only 26 years old too. Very young. Super young. Very young. 26. She's not, she's four years away from her, for her athletic prime. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. she's got time to get this together. So, uh, all right, let's go ahead and make predictions and then we'll go to the peeps. Uh, AK, who you got here? Aspen lad. Does she go up to 45 and have success or does Norma Dumont give her a, 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 an unwelcoming, so to speak? I've talked myself into it now. I, I've suddenly got the Aspen Lad train chugging along now. You know, I'm going Aspen Lad's second round TKO. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Casey? Uh, I think it's going to be one-way traffic for Aspen Lad. Um, she'll uh, fourth uh, – sorry, third round. Third round TKO, ground and pound. Yeah. I'm with you again, Casey. This is boring. This is boring. <laughs> I'm going to be – our topology picks are going to be like exactly uh, the same. Uh, <laughs> All right. And – who knew? Okay, we got this main event, and who knew? Whose bingo card had Andre Arlovsky in oh. back-to-back co-main events in 2021? <laughs> who had that? Who had it? Because that's where we're at. He's got a co-main event against Carlos Felipe, who has got the platinum hair and face tattoos. I, I Something about that fight makes me so happy. I don't know what it is, but I'm really looking forward <laughs> to it. Uh, Jim Miller is about to make his record-setting 38th 38. UFC walk. And he will do so against a guy making his debut. So a 38-fight discrepancy for the UFC. He's going to take on Eric Gonzalez, which should be a lot of fun, by the way. Because for those who are not familiar with Eric Gonzalez, that dude is a hammer. And this should ghost be a pepper. fun fight. The ghost, the ghost pepper. pepper. Oh, the ghost pepper. Oh, okay. I, I was like, who, who is this guy? When you said ghost <laughs> pepper, now, all right. I've seen him fighting Kabate. He is a very exciting fighter. And... um. Yeah, he was for a while. He was definitely uh, Kabate's kind of golden, uh, golden boy. He was he was really fun to watch. Yes. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. They yeah. were pushing him so, as a um, big. He, and, and 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 he's a. This is a very almost a very rare signing, a new signing for the UFC. A guy who didn't come from a major organization. and didn't come through the contender series or tough. He just got signed based on his credentials. Yeah. Weird. And yet, and, and yet, an and, yet to, and yet, to, huh? and yet to throw it off to fight the most tenured lightweight. In, yeah. in in on all of MMA, uh, this is uh, a shout outs to uh, Mike Bond and, and Michael Carroll, uh, great statisticians from MMA Junkie, who pointed out, unsurprisingly, this is the biggest deficit in UFC experience ever. <laughs> uh, 37 UFC appearances uh, to zero. So just crazy. Yeah, this is. Th- oh, by the way, and we should have mentioned Arlovsky, thirty sixth. This is thirty sixth UFC appearance. Yeah. But what's about Eric back. Gonzalez? He he is he is why well, he is new to the UFC. He's not. He's not a prospect. He. I think he's coming in has a bit of a, a complete package at 29 mm-hmm. years old and yes. almost 20 professional fights. So uh, yeah, new to fans, but not new to professional fighting. So yes, and now th- there is one interesting stat that Aaron Bronsetter had thought of, but now it's it's completely changed since we lost a fight today. We lost Julian Marquez versus Jordan Wright. Heading oh. into with the card looking the way it was. The combined UFC appearances between Andre Arlovsky and Jim Miller, 72. And then the total UFC appearances from everybody else on the card combined was 72. So now, it's surpassed because it, yeah. we lost that fight, Miller and Orlovsky have more appearances in the UFC than the rest of the card combined. Holy crap. That is insane. <laughs> <laughs> insane. Who, would be, who would be third behind them? Uh, that's less still on the card. Andrew Sanchez, I guess? Yeah, maybe. Maybe? That's crazy. Oh, yeah, you're right. I'm looking at the card. Jeez. What? Hold on. I got, I got, I got my notes here. Uh, I think it got might it. be Andrew Sanchez. because Could be Brandon yeah. Davis. 
Yeah, yeah. This is his second stint. This is his eighth, eighth UFC. Oh, he's right behind them. Okay. Oh, Danny Roberts at <laughs> Danny Roberts number eleven. So he's second. He hasn't fought since twenty nineteen. This will be his eleventh uh, appearance. I think it's Danny Roberts. Yeah, I think it's Danny Roberts. So yeah. Danny Roberts with eleven. Andrew Sanchez. This will be his tenth. Goodness me. Wow. But, look, but but think about what these cards produce. Now we got Man and Fioro. She's on this card, which is uh, it's her, Casey O'Neill, Aaron Blanchfield. Miranda Maverick, like we're looking at those four, maybe throwing another as like the next generation of 25ers taking on Myra Bueno Silva. Ladovic Klein versus Nate Landwehr is now on the main oh, card, which that fight love rules, it. by the way. Wait, how, do you say, uh, how, how do you say Klein's first name? Ladovitz. 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 Okay. Yeah. I kind of like how yeah. it's spelled. Which is, I've been going to uh, Andrew Sanchez. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Yeah, Sanchez Silva, Danny Roberts, Ramazan, Amiv. I think Amiv is the biggest favorite on the card. Uh, Lupita Godinez is trying to win her second fight wow. in seven days, which is insane. She's going up a weight a, class to do it. That's a dangerous fight. That's Luana Carolina is not bad at all. That's a dangerous yeah. fight. But what a yeah, crazy a, good opportunity for um, what's her name? Loopy? Was it? What's her name? Loopy. Yeah, great. What a great opportunity for her. So uh, good on her. But this is what she does. This is like this is loopy territory. Like if you well, followed you her said, regional career, this is what she does. She takes <laughs> fights on like said, eight days' notice all the time. That her win, uh, her her win over uh, who did she just beat uh, this past weekend? I'm sorry, I remember uh, her win over uh, Juarez uh, was the first time in like forever, or maybe ever, that she'd had a full actually had a full camp. And yep. we were kind of like, maybe Loopy and her team have have figured it out, Mike. Maybe they've turned over a new leaf and said, let's <laughs> let's give Loopy the proper preparation she needs. And instead, they say, no, let's give her the quickest turnaround in UFC history and going up a weight class. <laughs> Unbelievable. I love it. I love it so much. This is what she does. And I'm not surprised by this whatsoever. A lot of people are stunned Insane. by this. I am not surprised. I'm like, this I, I, is I'm honestly, this with is the, like the, way back, the way cards have been happening, I'm surprised this isn't, ha- I'm surprised it took this long for it to happen. To be honest. It might happen more frequently. I oh, mean, you're right. Absolutely. Maybe now that, uh, now that other fighters know it's possible, they're, they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I could have, I could have done this. I could, I could yeah, yeah, yeah. She may have opened a door. She may have opened a door. Her and, yeah. and, and Hamzat, Hamzat back then. Right. <laughs> yes. Brandon Davis back in the UFC takes on uh, Dana Batscarell and then Ariane Carnalosi versus Estela Nunez. Uh, Nunez hasn't fought in a long time because she got she's coming off a of USADA suspension, so that should be fun as well. Yeah, she fought in you. I don't even know who that is. Who Estela? Uh, no, she oh, was she's one. On one. Okay, this she's is, on one. but she was scheduled multiple times. I think this is her. I think this is the third yeah, time her right. debut has been scheduled. Yeah. She was supposed to fight Angela Hill. She was supposed to fight uh, Jin Yu Fry. So, uh, and now she has not fought since 2018. So this is our long, long delayed UFC debut. Yes. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Okay, what are the peeps saying about this? Ooh, the peeps. Highly right, anticipated 
Doubleheader. Let me see. Uh, um, just more of a comment from long time, long time commenter. Wow, Corey has won six of his last seven fights. His losses to the UFC light heavyweight champion Jan Blachowicz. I'm surprised, but not really that Corey is the favorite. Bellator rankings have this as number one versus number two. Yeah, yeah, Corey's Corey's a good fighter, man. He's he's a good fighter. I, I, the Jan loss was crazy. It was just yeah, he just got caught. He got knocked out. He's he even admitted it himself like he went into that thinking he was just going to go in there and just whoop whoop on Jan and go fight John Jones. He saw John Jones sitting in the crowd and he was like, "I'm about to whoop that man's ass." Or later on this year, <laughs> and didn't he just looked completely past Jan Blachowicz and he got put to sleep? Yeah, and so, and and, and th- this is MMA. If you watch that fight, Corey just made a mistake. He just threw a lazy leg kick. Didn't keep his hand up, his his, uh, his front hand up, and um, Jan's uh, experienced and boom, got him. And uh, that's just how it is. And I think this is more the issue of Corey. And I, I think I've said this about other fighters too. I can't remember who, like maybe even like Ryan Bader, where I, kind of fans forget how good they are, is because Corey's one of those guys I think when he loses, unfortunately for him, he loses big. And when he wins, it's kind of like he doesn't win big. He wins kind of smart and tactical, and you know he'll grind out and kind of TKO you on the ground or the cage. But when he loses, he loses big. And I think, unfortunately for Corey, he's been on the other side of more highlight reels than uh, he would like to be. So, uh, but if you actually look at the quality of his victories and the qual and, and the quality of the competition he's lost to, Corey clearly is an elite, elite um, yep. light heavyweight. So, unfortunate for him, but and, um, and yeah. I- Bellator in our rankings, spin that PR machine, get some get some positivity to, to his name. Um, in, in our rankings, we have Anderson number eight, Bader number six. And by the way, Casey, yes. you were sorely missed on the second episode of the uh, MMA Fighting Ranking Show. Uh, we alluded several times to a, a rogue. rogue panelist on the show, and I saw so many comments. I, 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 I should say I saw a handful of comments saying like. We want this. We need this rogue panelist on to defend himself, uh, or to defend himself slash slash explain himself. So okay, let me just say so you were. St- I was on, I was on two week vacation. Even though like once mm-hmm. a day, I'll look on Slack, you know, just to kind of keep mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. kind of general idea of what's going on in MMA. The mm-hmm. only work I did, like work work, I did do my yep. rankings. You did like a pro, and, and we said, and, and and we said you didn't have to. We said we said go on vacation. We said well, what's well, fine. We'll work out the math. It's fine. But you are such a pro. You are such a I believer. In disrupting the rankings with your <laughs> bold, your bold, and I'll say, I'll say it, brave opinions that you just had, you just, you just had to get your, you had to get your names in there. You had to get your names in there, and God bless you, did. But I we use, cannot I wait. I used my all. own PTO for the rankings for you, the fans. <laughs> you did, my you did. You this is true. You used part of sacrifices. Your PTO. <laughs> but uh, I cannot wait till uh, a couple of weeks when we get to have you back on the ranking show. The people need yes. want to hear from you, Casey. All right. All right. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Julian Marquez versus Jordan Wright was the fight I was so looking forward to. I think a lot of people were on that train as well. What was the reason for the cancellation? The reason is Julian Marquez, non-COVID health-related issues. Um, I know he was cutting weight. I know this for a fact because James Krause was doing like ask, like an AMA on his Instagram stories where it's like, ask me anything. But he was in the sauna with Julian Marquez as he was answering these questions. So uh, he never made it to the scale. They called it probably about 15 minutes before oh, the weigh-ins wrapped up, and that's it. That's a bummer. That, 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 that's what these kind of fight – these kind of – I don't want to say – these fight nights of not, not necessarily ranked fighters, but there are going to be opportunities for really fun fights like this 
uh, Marquez versus Jordan Wright, and I think we were all looking forward to like, well, you know what? This fight doesn't really matter in the big rankings, but something cool is going to happen. I felt like, yeah, and um, just a bummer. That's a bummer. Um, any yeah. any word that rebooking or you just that we don't know yet? Just it's just all right. Yeah, nothing yet. Sucks sucks for Mr. Marquez. Really sucks for Mr. Jordan Wright. Yeah, and, and, and Marquez made, Wright did make weight, so oh, yeah. he probably and, will get a show. He money. did. Yes, he did. And uh, Marquez has become one of our most reliable like headline generators. The Miley Cyrus stuff I thought was great. Last time I was the Kansas City Chiefs last time, Patrick Mahomes. So, I mean, I get it. It's a gimmick. I see people already kind of rolling their eyes like, oh, he he obviously has some name or some weird call out queued up. And and I don't know about you guys, but I'm like, good, good. I like when fighters have a plan. I don't care if it's contrived. Like, you don't want to go overboard with this. Sometimes it can get annoying. But this is cool. This is a guy, how a guy markets himself and why Marquez is a slightly... I would say slightly, it's a more recognizable name than a lot of fighters in his vision with the same level of experience. So good for you, Marquez. Hopefully it is something serious. Uh, and uh, we, it can be re- we just We just see him back in there soon. All right. Yep. Uh, if Julius wins, could you say this would be as big of an upset as Ronda losing to Holly Holm? Uh, I wouldn't no. go that far. Yeah, okay, no. uh, maybe betting-wise, no. it might be there. Uh, I'm looking at topology, and not even five. Well, ninety-five percent of people oh. have Nimkov right. winning this fight. So maybe right, not, right. maybe not betting-wise, but as far as just pick him, uh, Nimkov ninety-five percent. Oh, you know, I'm gonna look, I'm gonna look it up right now. I, I want I want to see what the fans felt for Holly Holm. By the way, was a. Ronda Rousey is a minus nine hundred favorite against Holly Holm. Yeah. It was absurd. It, it was plus five twenty five. It was a crazy line. It was a crazy yeah. line. I remember. And and you had a lot of people after saying like, "Oh well, we kind of knew." Oh, but yeah. I, but I, but in fairness, in fairness, there, there definitely were some people ahead of that matchup who were saying like, "There was." I don't know if they predicted a knockout, but definitely saying like Holly was going to be a serious problem for. I predicted for Holly by boring decision. There you go, right? Now, how she won, I was not expecting it, but I really thought it was going to be. That was shocking. Yeah. Oh, but just according to Pickums, this this would be a bigger upset. Um, 91% people pick Rousey to beat Holly, and 95% are are picking Nimkov to win. So, yeah. I also also think that Ronda, I mean, the stylistic matchup was kind of a nightmare for Ronda, but I also think people saw Ronda the night before at the ceremonial weigh-ins and they saw how she acted and kind of shoving Holly and doing all that stuff. And I think people like kind of felt like Holly was in her head at that point. They felt like, I think, I think some of those opinions and I think the betting line changed too. I think a lot of money came in on Holly, uh, the 24 hours prior to that fight. Cause it was plus 1250 before the weigh-ins and it went down to yeah, minus yeah. 900 before the fight. That's a huge, that's a huge move. That's a huge that's line a big move. Line. Yeah, that's oh, a big crap. line move. In yeah, so, hours. so people, so people definitely knew it, it wasn't. It wasn't just people in retrospect. You know, after like there was, there was a lot of uh, again, and not just from not just from betters. I do think there was people in the media, like Casey said, who who thought that Holm had what it took to, if not like knock her out to win a decision. Yeah, I really thought it would be a big uh, upset. I I really thought upset. I really thought Holly was going to beat Ronda the same way that she kind of beat uh, Aldana. You know, mm, kind of just mm. circle, circle, and then just yeah, yeah. chasing her. But um, yeah, oh. uh, that 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 night was awesome. <laughs> little off topic. So I was in Spain, and we were doing a little walking tour of Barcelona. And our tour guide, you know, he's talking to us, he's asking stuff, and you know, he's like, you know, what do you guys do? And I'm from Los Angeles. You know, it's like, what do you do for a job? I'm like, 
uh, you know, cage fighting, you know, you know, when people ask you what we do for a job, you're like, ah, cage fighting. He's like, oh, he's like, oh, Ronda Rousey. I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, and he's like, oh, you start talking like, oh, do you know Ronda Rousey? Uh, were you there for the knockout? I was like, yeah, I was. <laughs> you know, so so wow. that, 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 <laughs> still, that's that moment. Like, this guy wasn't an yep. MMA fan, but he still knew about Ronda getting knocked out by Holly Holm. I was like, I know. wow, that's just. So, in that sense, I don't think that tour guide will be talking to tourists if Julius gets the upset over Nimkov. He won't go, hey, guys, uh, right, okay. Nimkov, yeah. man. We lost <laughs> so, last night. Yeah, oh, yeah, and here's, a a beautiful, here's a beautiful chapel from the 1200s. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and that, and, you know, and it's funny, that's what we try to explain to people when we, when we try to say, like, 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 I see people now, you know, in retrospect saying, like, was, was Ronda Rousey really that big? And it's like, guys, you don't, I don't know if you remember being in the middle of Ronda Rousey. And, and again, 10 years from now, I'm sure people will the same, say the same thing about, like, Conor McGregor. Uh, yeah. Well, he's never, he's, never, he's never going away. Maybe, like, 20, 30 years yeah, from now. That's a little different, like, but I man, know what you're saying. When, when you're in the middle of it, man, and you just have to remember, like, you got to capture that moment because it is crazy how big these guys are when they're, when they're just booming. I got Conor McGregor, Ronda Rousey, and how big the gap is between them and, like, the next tier of stardom that we consider in MMA. Like, like I would consider, I would consider George St. Pierre, like a tier below Ronda Rousey and uh, McGregor. And it's like, and I mean like way below, way, way, way below. And we're talking one of the most popular fighters like in UFC history. I would still, like he's not even close to the popularity of those, of those two names. So, yeah, but that's very cool. Casey. Yeah. Like that's how big that moment was. (laughs) A transcendent moment. And and just by chance, just by, uh, not trying to talk about my, my vacation too much. Do it, but do it. What what else are we doing? (laughs) What else are we going to do? Talk about fights. (laughs) So I was with my wife, the Esther Lynn. I was like, Oh, you want to see a cool photo? And then like, Hey Esther, check this. And and I, and I show him the photo of Ronda getting knocked out. I was like, she took that photo. I married her. (laughs) <laughs> the best of all that's so great that is so right. goat all right, all right i'll take by the way by the way, Casey, more. By the way Casey, it's it's barcelona oh yeah barcelona Bar- barcelona Barthes. you want to be you got to be real you got a real a-hole about it come on yeah <laughs> now, uh, now that you've been now that you've been you have to be real a-hole uh, about it that's no problem. Problem. I, I have that's no issue with yeah. that i have no <laughs> <laughs> done it's like mel it's like melbourne yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Melbourne. <laughs> uh, Casey, I don't know. We had to ask a reader of one of our uh, – a listener of one of our of our other podcasts on to the next one. And they said they – said, they, they shot me down. They said, just say Melbourne. Just say, like, just say – hey, just say Melbourne. And I'm like, all right, fine, fine. All right. <laughs> I, 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 had this, I had this conversation with uh, Ariel talking about Fedor. He's always like, Fedor. I'm like, no, nah, it's Fedor. Fedor. I, know, I, know, I know it's Fedor, but <laughs> Fedor. Nah, it's, it's Fedor. Uh, it's Fedor. I'm going to say Fedor. <laughs> yeah. Um, Two more. Menon oh, Fier- oh, no. Menon Fier- oh, sorry, we already mentioned this. Um, super cool. Oh, so she came out at 121. I didn't know that. All right. Good. Yeah, yeah very small. Yeah. Oh, so she's, even, she's actually even a small, kind of a relatively small straw weight, too, if she came in at 120, 121. Probably. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's a bull, though. Just showed up. Yeah, she's a bull. Yeah. Uh, do, 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 do. Let me see any more questions. But, uh, but actually, this card. Um. No, everything's about just stuff. <laughs> no, right, I, see a lot. I do. Uh, I, I do see a lot of random. It's just a lot of stuff. Um, All right. Well, if, uh, we can take yeah. some two stuff question. Yes. Holy cow! Oh, that was insane. That was, that was ugly. For the for the podcast listeners, the Petrosian knockout at one championship, the kickboxing oh, match. Yes. That was absolutely nuts. And if you haven't seen it, you can go to mmafighting.com yes. and see it right now. 
And if yes. you're not a f- if you if you don't follow kickboxing, Petrosian is just a legend in the sport, and he's yeah. still he's not at his peak peak, but he's still considered super good. And um, yeah, see, to see him get knocked out cold that way, that it just legs. Oh yeah, watch the replay. Amazing knockout. Let's, let's, um, and, let's put it this way. But it was. But I was just to say this. Amazing yeah, knockout, yeah. but it was disgusting the fact that that was a kickboxing match in a freaking cage. Ugh. Oh, you don't, oh, you hate that. That's a, it's, oh. it's unnatural. Unnatural. Oh, kickboxing should be in a ring. Oh. Uh, Can you imagine a boxing Superbot. match in a ring? It would be just disgusting. That's what that super was disgusting. I'm disgusted by it. <laughs> super Bond, who won the fight as an amazing kickboxer, he, he is uh, one championship's number two ranked kickboxer, uh, whatever, you know, however much weight you want to put in those rankings. But still, the way he beat him, that to me is more shocking than almost anything that could happen between Anglicus and, oh, yeah. uh, and Nemkov. Like, it, it was that, like, again, when you see the highlight, and if you know, yeah, Petrosia, he hasn't, he's only been the second time he's ever been knocked out. Yeah. And he's lost by knockout before, but. Yeah, it was like a eight knockout, years ago. But, but this was this was a like a knockout. Like this is the this definition. But no, yeah. you open, you open the dictionary. Ah, there's Petrosian getting knocked out. Oh my yeah. god! Our, our Damon Martin looked into it, and uh, I believe he was taken to the hospital. And uh, they'll you know they're yeah. looking after. It was a re- one, really one, nasty. Just one head kick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, la 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 la. Here, talk about a something a little off topic. Uh, uh, yes. If Wilder could become a boxing champ, do you believe Ngannou can as well? Also, should he fight and beat Fury? What's your view on Ngannou's place in combat sports history? Um, that's, a, that's a loaded question. Yeah. I don't think this story's been written yet. I think I think we're only in like, you know, we're like maybe halfway through the book for Ngannou. Yeah. Um. I mean, if Ngannou like focused on training straight boxing for like – two or three years and then like took some professional fights and like took it really seriously and try to climb the ranks. Maybe, I don't know. But for those who are like, and for those people who suggest like, and God, I should just go in there and fight Tyson Fury. I mean, for the amount of money he would get, yeah, he'd be set for a long, long time. But I mean, if you want to go in there and like competitively box and try to win a, like a boxing match, to just jump right in there and box Tyson Fury would be a oh, terrible no. idea. A horrible no, this idea. Is, this is such a, a high-key diss of Wilder. If Oh, if Wilder can become a boxing champ, do you believe <laughs> Wilder? What the that hell is that, that? What the hell that is that? Wilder's been boxing his whole He's been boxing his whole life. He's like he's a he's an actual professional boxer. He he's had a sh- he's had a share of the world titles, I believe. I don't know how much value people oh, yeah. those are so many, but he's had a share. He's been a world champion. He almost knocked him out in the first fight. Yeah, if he didn't have the best in the chin in the fight. world, Wilder would have won that what? fight. He just happened. What to- an, what an insult! Yeah. Well, if Wilder could do it, I mean, obviously, <laughs> what the hell is that supposed to? I, I, I don't, don't mind if people don't like Wilder. That. There's a lot of reasons not to like uh, uh, Wilder. That's fine. I have no problem with that. But like. I'm not criticizing his performance in the third fight at all. I thought that fight, I thought he was great. Um, yeah. So I thought it was exactly the same as the second fight. Yeah. He was just going to give it's it like you said, for seven rounds. It's like, it's like you said, I think it would take Ngannou years to reach the level. In just boxing that Wilder is at now, it, it would take years. It would take years. He's nowhere near that. Yeah. No way. Like seven or eight years. Yeah. Yeah, but who? Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm not even gonna talk about this anymore. This is ridiculous. <laughs> but thank you for your question, J.K. <laughs> it's, be, it's barbershop talk. I like it. Yeah, I barbershop. dig it. Um, all right, guys, drop drop some questions in. Otherwise, we're gonna hit the go home. You got button. one minute. 
You got one minute. If I hear the music, once the music plays, that's it. No, hold on. And we got one. Oh, we got music. What's happening? Oh, that's it. Oh, there we go. That's it. Oh, that's it. The people in the back, they're telling us we're done. I see a cane coming out. They might be pulling me down. Uh, Okay, so that's it. What time does this UFC card start tomorrow? Four? Four Eastern, right? Yeah, Yeah, I think it's four Eastern. All right, so that means 3.30 Eastern tomorrow. Refight Q&A. Answer all your questions. Anything. All your questions. Which means looking at these two cards, no offense, positive. I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be a fun night of fights, okay? Fun day, fun night. I think we're going to be like, this is fun. This is fun. Oh, by the way, AK, real quick, gymnastic scale, UFC Vegas 40. People have want to know. I mean, I'm, I, as positive I can be, it's it's still like a, like a 6.5 at best. Like 6.5 at a And that's if the either the main event is like competitive or gives us a highlight real finish either way. If we have a genuine, uh, you know, fight of the night somewhere on there, like, you know, land we're inclined, like really delivers or... So I don't know Sanchez Silva. I'm not sure there might be some some fight of the night, but I I just don't see how this card could be. Uh, it could be a fun card. I just don't know how it could ever it, like it could be one that we're really going to be talking about. Like I don't know three weeks from now. Well, find out tomorrow if it lives up to those high standards. For Casey, for AK, I am Mike Heck. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.